Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is part two of Adrian's story. In our last episode, Adrian shared about how he got into $900,000 Singapore dollars in debt and his experience with Credit Counseling Singapore. In this episode, we talk about how he curbed his desire to buy shiny new things and how does the whole family, including his four young children, come together to overcome the challenges. Hello, my name is Andrew and welcome to another Chill with TFC episode. In this series, we talk to interesting people with relevant experience and insights to help us learn from their perspectives so that we can create the life we love and manage our finances well. Talking about managing finances, Adrian is back to share his story about how he's getting out of debt. You can check out our previous episode if you haven't. Once again, let's hear from Adrian. Did you invest apart from the ICO? Like, did you do other forms of investment? Honestly, my investment, the traditional kind of investment, Equities, o- only, yeah. only took place very, very recently. Okay. Yeah, even though I was involved in the stockbroking industry before even my first business, but I never really enjoy it and when I was dealing with the customer side seeing how they make and lose money every day it gave me a bit of phobia lah. so it's only recently when you know you have all the tiger broker the mumu and all that come in the picture and then and, and you realize it's so much easier to use because you look at all the other apps lah, it's it's very hard to figure them out you, you need to go through a manual and all that but the, the more modern one is really very easy and I felt that it's also timely for me to start building up and catch up lah on what that I've missed out. Because if I started 10, 20 years ago, it would definitely be a different situation. But because I missed that, I had to pay down my debt uh, multiple times. Uh, so right now, I have uh, started to look into all this. But because I need to do my catch-up over the past two decades, I would say a high percentage is very much on growth stock rather than your stable dividend kind of stock. Right. Okay. So well, the only form of investment that you did during this period of time, paying down your debt, will be the ICO. And is it accurate for me to say that that is kind of driven by your desire to clear that as soon as possible more than you want to invest in it or you want to, you believe in the potential of it? I would say it's a combination of both. You want to make some and also at the same time trying to resolve a situation much faster. So it's because of that I decided to, to put that 10K into play, which of course uh, did not end up well. Okay. So during this period of time, I am picturing that it's a whole family effort. And you're men- mentioning that you kind of have some luxuries in life, right? Like travel and, and all that. Like, did it affect maybe like you didn't go for a trip with your children or, you know, did they understand the situation that their dad is in? I don't think they actually- children, by the way? I, I have four. Four kids. Ah, okay. I have four kids. Uh, I, I don't think they, I think they're too young to understand the magnitude. Maybe my, my oldest one, uh, because he at least- has a better sense of numbers, you know, for my next younger one, she's still grasping with mathematics. Mm, oldest one, how old? <laughs> oldest one is four, uh, 13. 13, 13 okay, 9, okay. 8, and 5. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think from their perspective as well, and, and as I shared earlier on, uh, if I had honestly been very, very, very disciplined, I probably would be talking to you right now about wealth investment, not about paying down debt. 
Mm. It's because I took a very non-disciplined approach, which also means along the journey, I continue to indulge. To, of course, not to the extent of oh, another 10K for ICO, another 10K for something else. Mm. But at least we still keep up with, I think, what we felt we wanted to do. So there were still the, the holidays trips. There were still the enrichment and things like that. Which also means that, of course, on the debt pay down side, everything has to be stretched out lah, in order to accommodate. Mm. Yeah. So in hindsight, and I think I, I would probably gravitate more towards the... Uh, that pay down aspect to try to continue to see where I can cut away certain things in life. But it is what it is. So that is how I took a rather long cut from where I was to where I am today. Okay, so you mentioned that the biggest challenge is still shiny new things. Mm-hmm. You still went for the trips, some some trips and, you know, provide the enrichment classes for your kids and, and all that. And mm. even if you do go for those, like it will still, it doesn't affect you as badly as the sh- shiny new objects they were talking about. Yes, yes, yes. And 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 I think, um, of course, we, I, I definitely had reduced a lot of stuff. I mean, there was a point in time where I think due to peer pressure and all that, you know, I was buying expensive stuff, you know, expensive shirts, expensive bag. I got, I got a carry bag, which, I mean, everywhere I go, people say, oh, that's a very nice bag. That bag cost me $3,000 sing. Was it worth it? I don't think so. I don't think it's worth it. And and right now, I swore off all this kind of stuff. It, it, it carry no significant value to me. Lah. And and I've actually seen how I, I've ex-colleague who always chase after the next Louis Vuitton, the next uh, Gucci. And I still continue to see how depressed they are. Leh. It, it, it's just a very short-term fix. They get excited for that day. Oh, I got a new Louis Vuitton. But after after a while, they continue to be very depressed because they they need to fix other aspect of their life, mm. For them, the the bag is just a distraction. It's like when I was deep in debt, I go for a smoke, I go for. A drink. It doesn't really help, ma. It just distract me from my situation. So same thing. So all those kind of stuff we will cut away, and of course other indulgent stuff where we still needed a car, but it's no longer that kind of continental petrol drinking car <laughs> that costs a lot of money. It's just something that we believe is economical uh, and we even recently renewed the COE just to continue driving it. And I, I, if you ask me 10 years ago, would I renew? No, I, I, I changed car like almost one or two years. So those are, those are small little habits that I think help me to reach my goal faster because every time you do such changes, you know, change house, la, change car, la, change this and that. La. There's always that migration cost that you never factor in. Mm. Yeah, And also every time you change, there's also, there may be some losses incurred as well. Like when we bought our first penthouse, I still remember, I think we bought it for 1.6 and we sold it at 1.6. Wow. <laughs> that was after four years. Mm. Uh, my wife was just telling me recently, um, uh, and the agent that we used to help us to sell uh, that, that, that penthouse, he was telling us, recently got a transaction. Same area, 2.2. Uh, okay. Uh, so it's like, uh, but having said that, it was also not possible. Right. Because, Back then you need to sell yes, it. Correct, correct. Yeah. So so I think I think it also drive across a point, you know, if I had been in a better situation, I could be making the 2.2. Mm-hmm. Could yeah. have held on. Yes, could have held on. Right time. Held, yes, yeah. yeah. But because I stretched myself so thin, it's not possible. There's just so many liabilities, so many things coming to me at all different directions. And like what Warren Buffett said, lah, you know, stock market is the transfer of wealth from the from the impatient to the patient. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not exactly impatient, but I bopian, no choice. Mm. So that in a way made me impatient. So I just have to sell at whatever price that the market is asking for. Mm. You mentioned smoking as your distraction. Mm. And then you give your friends example about shopping for luxury goods. Some people travel, some people might gamble. Like what, what do you think it takes for someone to snap out of that? And you mentioned that you have a certain detachment right now. Like you used to chase for those things as well. Now you don't. Like what was it that led to that realization? I don't think it's an overnight significant eureka moment. I, I do think if, if I have to really pin it down, I think firstly, a lot of things that I've did recently also helped me to become more self-aware. I think maybe age plays a part in that when you know that your mortality is coming closer and closer. And at the same time, maybe also looking at the success of your friends who had taken the more intelligent path in wealth building to see where they are today and then you measure against yourself and like, oh man, I wish I were them. If only I had done this and all that more intelligently. And the third thing I think uh, would be perhaps my intention or current currently uh, practice of meditation. I think that really helped me to be a bit more disciplined in many aspects, which also helped me to you know quit smoking, uh, reduce my caffeine intake, reduce my alcohol intake, which I guess to some extent also apply to money discipline as well. Mm, could you share a bit more about uh, how do you do a meditation? It's like a, mm. how much time per day or you, know, you sit down there. Mm. What's your form of meditation? Because it's different for all different people, right? I, I tried many. When I first started, I actually used an app called Headspace. Mm. And I, honestly, I always felt meditation is a kumbaya kind of bullshit kind of stuff. <laughs> but then I was at this stage in my life where I just needed something. La. So yeah, might right. as well, right? Yeah. And I remember reading in many books, uh, like in uh, Steve Jobs' biography, he also meditated. So I was thinking all these intelligent people, they cannot all be wrong, right? Now, why don't I just give it a try? And Headspace was just came out into the market. So guided meditation, you know, it's much more easier for you to pick up. So I tried that. But after a while, I stopped. I'm like, I don't feel anything. Eh. Mm. I can't remember why, but then I tried again. I think it was because of some other apps. And I also went back to Headspace. I bought a, a subscription, tried some other application as well. And over time, I felt a bit clearer clarity of thought and also a bit calmer as well. And right now, I actually don't use any guided meditation. Uh, I actually just do unguided. So I just set a timer. I, I tried different timing. I tried 25 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes. Right now, I'm usually doing 15 minutes per day, which I think is sufficient for me lah, because I have other things in life. So I need to fit nicely into my schedule. So it's just a daily practice of 15 minutes per day. Over and above, of course, other stuff, like, you know, gratitude, journaling, and mm. all that kind of stuff. So I can't really say exactly, oh, all this is because of meditation. I think it's a accumulation of all this kind of daily consistent practice. Okay. So like it gives you the calmness, clarity. Mm. How would you describe the experience in, in helping, although it's not all of it, but how would you describe the, the experience itself? I think one key aspect is you are not so, or I'm not no longer so drawn into new shiny objects. So that really helped. Mm. Yeah, the next thing come. I, I remember many years ago, the next iPhone come, right? I wouldn't be the guy who queued overnight, but I probably would be the first few batch buying the new one. Nah. Now I'm like, it's okay, leh. my phone still work. Okay. Yeah, it's good enough. I don't care. So I, I think that also gave me a sense of priority. Law. If it works, why do you need a better processor and all that? So all, all those kind of detachment, I somewhat just just let them go. All those kind of attachments, sorry. Just let them go. And it, it just free up your mind to look at things which you believe are more important. Which in my in my head would be things like experience. Yeah. If you ask me to spend more money on experience, I wouldn't mind. Mm. But if you ask me to spend more money on the physical object, I, 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 I would I would 
really think multiple times and eventually say no. When you say experience, maybe like a trip with your family? Do you mean that kind of experience? Trip with your family, okay. uh, having... Outing. Yeah, I, I had a recent, not, not actually not recent, a few months ago, a fishing trip with a, a group of friends. Uh, honestly speaking, the amount of money that we pay, I could have bought many fishes. <laughs> at, the, at the wet market okay. but it was a very okay. nice experience I okay. mean to go through under the sun on the boat chit-chatting talking call with each other and then fishing and I didn't catch a single fish no we had the entire boat everyone <laughs> caught a fish except me uh-huh. yeah but it was a really nice experience and, and these are stories that I, I would imagine, you know, when I come back, even years later, I can sit down with my kids, with my grandson, grandchild to tell them, hey, you know what, last time Akong did this and you're so mm. fine. So I'm not going to sit down and tell them, hey, you know what, last time Akong bought, bought this. the latest iPhone. Yeah, Louis Vuitton <laughs> bag. Uh, oh, okay. uh, I bought iPhone 13, uh, uh, but, but then it was like, I don't know, iPhone 50 already. They don't even care. All right. So I would say that oh, there are so many triggers in our life, right? Mm. And it's not like a, a one-off incident that really made you detached to the whole experience. And I'm sure parts of us are still, we, we still like all those things. We, we like shiny new objects, you know, but you've kind of tempered yourself a bit and you're able to pull yourself back, you know, look at yourself, get detached from it and decide, you know, okay, do I really need it? And then you make a decision, mm. a conscious decision from there, right? Would you describe it as yeah, that way? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think to a large extent, yes. So um, as, as I said, maybe it's a bit of age, it's a bit of awareness, mm. uh, reading up a bit more. Mm. So for the longest time in my debt journey, I, I've read through so many books. I, I've read uh, Ramit Sethi, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, mm. uh, read uh, Dave Ramsey, and still a lot more. I can't even recall some of them. But I, I think reading so many books actually does not amount to taking the action. Nah. It's like, you know, a lot of people, oh, I saw this white paper, I go and download. But you know, if you download, you have to read it, you know. Just by downloading it, it means nothing. After you read it, take action. Yeah, you have to take action. So taking action is the key important thing. Even though each of them may be preaching different stuff, but there's always a commonality. The commonality here or the common denominator here is you got to take action. It doesn't matter that snowball, that avalanche. You take Dave Ramsey advice, you take Rami City advice. doesn't matter. You just have to take action. And earlier on, you also mentioned that the arrival of your first child is when you start thinking about your situation, right? And how to mm. resolve it and get out of it. So like, how does the whole situation, I mean, it took several years, how do you affect your relationship with your kids in terms of like teaching them about finances? I mean, you mentioned they are very young, mm. right? I think, 14, I think 14 years old oldest. And then... uh, 14, 9, 8, and 5. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I, I think one merit that really come of this is because of what I've gone through, I take a very proactive approach to tell them what I'm going through or what I was going through. I would actually list down on my... So I have a wardrobe and then the wardrobe has a glass door. So I'll take a whiteboard marker and write down. Uh, I owe this one how much? I owe that one how oh, much? And then the five-year-old, what? Uh, how, how many more months to pay <laughs> yeah, down, you know, that kind okay. of stuff. So every time they pass by, they will see. They won't question because mm. some of them are too young, but the oldest one would ask. And he would even, you know, sometime when my kids, my younger kids want to buy something as making a fuss about it, mm. my oldest would actually point out that, you know, I still owe the bank so, so and so. The oldest, uh, boy or girl? Boy. Uh, how will he say it? his sibling, younger sibling. He, he would just tell them that I still, I don't have money law because I have to pay. Papa, the yeah. money. Uh, so don't, yeah, I still owe the bank so and so. Oh yeah. yeah uh, like that, that. that kind of stuff. Okay. Which I, I mean, on one hand, yes, I can, I can be, of course, I can feel ashamed and all, and all that. But I think I'm just trying to take advantage of a situation. You know, the, the, there's a Chinese saying, la, any any opportunity is a crisis. Any crisis is an opportunity. La. So I use it as an opportunity to try to teach them no? in hope that 
they will not go through the same thing as I did. La. And from the second and third one, uh, we actually brought them to this uh, financial training program for, for kids. Mm. Yeah, I think they had some fun. But it's a really an ongoing process. La. So right now, what we are doing, what I'm doing is I will give them monthly allowances. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I'll tell them, okay, this amount, uh, I will help you put into your stash away account. Of course, it's not their account. La. They're not 18. Mm-hmm. I create and then can sub account. So I will give you yeah. one day in future. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> then then the, the bulk of it, they have to allocate how they're going to spend. I will encourage them to, okay, maybe you, there's a small amount you can use to buy something for your friend. You can donate. And they'll work it out. Lo. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'll work it out. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they may overspend which happened a lot for my oldest kid. He will overbuy this. He will go for a super expensive lunch. He will buy all those digital cash for his latest game. And then end up go hungry. Lo. And a lot of time I have to tell myself, no, he has to go hungry. Oh. Uh, I, 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 mean, I mean, it's very tempting <laughs> for me he to just- borrow. <laughs> He can borrow. He can borrow. He can borrow. I also loan to him a few times. But mm. uh, th- th- this, this is the part where I think it's a bit- hard for parents to go through. But I think end of the day, it is better for him to learn the lesson now and go hungry for a day or two rather than learn the lesson as a 25-year-old adult when the bank or even worse, loan shark mm. maybe chasing him down, yeah. trying to get the money back. Now the loan is from papa. Next time the loan is from people who really don't yeah. care about you. Uh, I love the concept of a of monthly, what do you call it, allowance, right? Mm. So instead of daily, I mean, I just, as a kid, I just, buy my meal and then that's it. I don't have to plan but as a monthly budget then I have to start planning. You know, I cannot mm. eat too much on the first day and then don't have enough on the 30th day on the last day of the month. So when they overspend, like how, how do you have that conversation with them? Do you like take into accounting? Okay, how much do you spend? Where do you spend? Mm. How do you have this conversation? How do you yeah, teach Yeah, I'll, I'll work, work out with them then I'll work out with them I'll sit down with them. Okay, so how, how much is your food right now? Mm. Oh, so and so. So, oh, so I, how much I bought ice cream, I bought this drink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, then therefore you don't have enough. So they may they may overspend, they may upsize, they may buy more stuff and uh, sometimes there may be some whims and fancy la, especially depending on trend. They may, I, I realize a lot of, especially for boys, uh, during P1, P2, they should go through the phase of buying the uh, country eraser. Okay. Yeah, well, if, if, it's still a thing. It's still, it's still, <laughs> still a thing. thing. It's still a thing. So they will be spending money on a country razor, and then some people may buy one box. So those are where all the money will go to, lah. And because of that, they have to go hungry, lah. So it, it it depends ultimately for each and every one of them, lah. My my daughter, my second one, she will eat in canteen, so she she will spend more money there. But my third one, who is a son, he just eat eat from his snack box. He doesn't go to canteen. So you save up more, lo. Mm. you save up more, then okay, la, you can spend whatever you want. La. And the other thing that I try to, of course, tell myself is, okay, something that I also learned, and this is primarily through Dave Ramsey, is you have to pay yourself first. So after you pay yourself first, that means you pay down uh, your obligation, your debt and all that. Uh, then the rest, you can pay your maintenance, la, whatever you need to. La. So for them, upfront from day one, when I give them an allowance, I'll tell them, okay, 20% go into stash away. Okay, the rest is how you allocate. I don't care. 
you want to spend every single dime on your latest toy, la, whatever it is, la, can. But you just have to be aware that you won't have money for food, you won't have money for anything else, so on and so forth. La. So that is the kind of consequence that they have to live with. Do you see that the, the different character that they have? You know, how would you describe the way they approach money? I think for my for most of them it is still I think they're still going through the learning journey. La. And you cannot expect them to be to learn how to do it correctly from day one. In fact, the intention is to create this sandbox environment mm. for them to make mistakes. They should fail. Yeah. Right? Because it's so much easier to learn from failure than to learn from success. As long as the failure is within your control, uh, then it's okay. La. Because in the real world it's outside of your control. Yeah, I just want to say that I think it takes a a big man with a big heart for you. You mentioned you have a whiteboard. You wrote down, you know, how much did Papa owe? Papa mm. owe this X amount to this bank and all that. Like, I don't have kids, but I can imagine how hard it is, you know, to let your kids, you know, it's kind of like revealing a weakness of your, mm. yourself, right? Like, I mean, you, you mentioned no, no shame and all that, but what do you think led you to have that kind of like the generosity and that you know, willingness to just be open with your own family about it, with your own kids about it? I, I honestly have not uh, seen it from that angle, but I think it's just being very authentic with nothing to hide because if you also have things to hide from your family, then I think you have a larger problem that you need to deal with. There has to ultimately be a safe haven for you where you can just, okay, take out my mask, take, out the, take away the makeup and then be the real you. And I want my home to be the safe haven uh, where we can talk about anything, we can be vulnerable and we don't have to pretend to be perfect no? because honestly, no, none of us are perfect. Of course, you may seem perfect on your Facebook, Instagram, your LinkedIn but true of the matter is a lot of things that is going on, people don't talk about it and you would just think that, oh, that person is leading a fantastic life and all that. And I, I guess I, I, I learned it through another incident. So when I, after I exited my first business, I was quite depressed because lost my identity. Do not know what to do and all that. Uh, and I came across this event. I don't think they have it anymore. It's called uh, Fucked Up Nights. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it, it originated from Mexico and then it just uh, spread like wildfire. And in Singapore, there was an organizer organizing this event. So essentially, they would invite four entrepreneurs, primarily entrepreneurs. Each of them would get, we have 10 minutes to share about their fucked up moments. Mm, mm. Yeah. So I, I can't remember how I got to know about it, but I, thought I, I find the concept interesting. So I went there. I think I went for session two or three. And I was listening to them. And again, it, it gave me that CCS feeling, you know, seeing that, whoa, that guy screwed up even worse than me. And I actually felt a bit liberated. Not, not, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say that my happiness hinges on their failure, but it, it just gives you a sense that, eh, actually, I'm not alone. It gives you some perspective. Yes, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's like, there's an African saying, you know, if you want to run fast, you run alone. If you want to run far, you run in a group. And and something that I, I guess for people like myself who've been through army, some of the army training, if you do alone, you, you should go crazy. But if you do collectively, uh, each of us, there's this peer support. law. So uh, in I actually met up with the organizer and told her, hey, uh, I think her name is Angela. Angela, can, can, can I volunteer to be a speaker in the next event? Mm-hmm. And I actually did that. And in fact, the video is still somewhere on YouTube. I just found it and shared with someone recently. So in which I, I shared about what I think I did wrongly during my business. And it was so liberating. And over that event, because I really opened up myself, be vulnerable and all, about all this, many people actually approached me. And some people even deliberately came for the event just to listen to me. 
maybe to laugh at me, I don't know. But and I there's think someone else who's hey, this guy is more fucked up than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I think I think it firstly it made me feel better by you know just sharing it out there. You know, there's certain things you you do not want to pent up inside, mm. uh, And and it also helped me to create uh, a, a few new friendship and people that I until today I still catch up with. So I think that's really great. And, and I think that also gave me the epiphany moment that maybe I should just be me, law. Yeah. And, and ever since then, honestly, I have tried. In fact, I, I dare say I, I'm quite an open book. Lah. So, you know, when there was discussion about, oh, you know, about privacy on Facebook, lah, Google, take your data and sell. Lah, to me, it doesn't affect me. Mm, I mean, mm. yes, yeah, they, they're going to have more ads to sell to me, but I just don't buy. Lah. I don't click on the ads. Lah. Yeah, that's it. Lah. So it, it just takes it. And also there's a thing called ad blocker. Mm. So, so uh, to me, I, I don't really worry about that. And importantly, I just be me, be the authentic me. Lah. I mean, write about the things that work, write about all the mistakes that I've taken. And I think all this really helped to galvanize your own community. And at the same time, it would amplify the message you're trying to share. Mm. So right from the start, you didn't want to hide anything from your children. And, you know, when we're young, we think of our dads as invulnerable, right? But mm. I guess I'm getting a sense that your openness and your willingness to be vulnerable is actually your biggest strength. Hope that that's what your children are taking away from the example that you're showing them. You're mm, I, literally living by example. I hope so too. Yeah. So tell us about your current financial situation. Have you cleared mm. the debt? I am probably about six hard months away to completing everything. Very near the end point. Very near, very right, near. Yeah. In, in fact, if again, if I've been more disciplined, I probably would be sharing a different story right now. <laughs> I'll be telling you six months ago. Oh, it could again, have been worse. You could be saying two years. True, yeah, you know, true. Yeah. yeah, but shit happens. And then, uh, but I, I'm very definite this will be the next six months. This is last go. lap really. Last yeah. lap, last lap. Uh, and, and also, even though while I'm doing this last lap, I'm already, I've already started looking into uh, uh, getting into the stock market. I already got into the stock market with a small portfolio and starting to build on that. Lah. Of course, staying away from uh, all the speculative stuff. Uh, although I still have very, very small amount in crypto, very, very small. Like it's negligible. Lah. But th- I think that the key thing right now is really just to look at something that is a bit more solid, more established. But of course, primarily still very much in trying to chase up what I've lost over the past two decades. Lah. So we'll be looking at uh, companies that you know, can really 5x, 10x kind of thing uh, and also trying to capture the the right moment. Mm. Yep. So looking at growth stocks, um, earlier on, I did not ask about mm. when you make your payment, right? How much was it for principal and how much was it for interest, like percentage-wise, you remember? In terms of my debt pay down, well, as of now, actually, it is purely just on principal mm. because my final plan, which I took up, was one of those. So, so sometimes... You know, some of the banks, I don't know, maybe they're just desperate for business. They okay. give you super good term on And this this one I got was a very on a very good term. Essentially, there's just a one transaction fee, which come out about a few hundred dollars. Mm. And then it is interest-free for six months. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. So this last six months is almost interest-free, I would say. Apart from that one time admin fee or something. Correct, correct, correct. Okay, okay. So... Percentage-wise, in terms of allocation, um, right now, uh, how do you describe like how much is your expenditure? How much is your investing? How much is the repayment? Repayment right now, in terms of, I, I think it's probably like 30, 30 each percent of my total income. Mm. And then, of course, you have all the 
maintenance, la, the expenses and all that. Uh, and also, I uh, think about 5-10% will go into, well, you can call it emergency fund, but my emergency fund basically is my stock market fund. La. So okay, you ready to pull out from the stock market? And, and, in the event of yeah, it's very liquid, ma. It's yeah, very liquid. Yeah, okay. So so yeah, so that's something that I'm building towards law. And also, uh, six months later, the 30 percent will then go straight into the stock market, mm. uh, for us to chase up, la. Okay, okay. So how how long did it take for you from nine hundred thousand dollars in debt mm. to this last six months? Oh man, um, <laughs> I remember the nine hundred k vividly because that happened during my uh close to my exit, la, from my first business, and that was. 2014-ish. Early 2014 or maybe late 2013. La, around there. Mm. So since then, no? Seven, about seven years, mm. thereabouts. Okay, to get to where you're at. Oh, mm. Looking back, how do you feel right now? It's um, been a journey in seven years. Well, of course, you know, in, in hindsight, of course, you, you one would hope to accelerate that much faster. Uh, seven years to go through that amount, I think it's really... Too long a time. I took too much of a time and also a lot of missteps along the way, you know, ICO, those kind of nonsense. Mm. But it is still, I feel, a good balance la, for me. Uh, and I think end of the day is just to find the right lessons that one can learn from it and try to share it forward la, and try to teach it forward to as many people as possible, which is why I am very open to appearing on this podcast to share more because in Singapore context, I know a lot of people are in that, but they don't really... Honestly, it's not something people want to talk about. Nobody will catch you out over beer and they're hey, let me tell you how much money I owe the bank. No one's going to tell you that. But the truth is, people are. And as I shared earlier on, Singaporeans owe a lot of unsecured loans. Uh, and right now, you have the buy now, pay later phenomenon. Oh, that one is going to kill people even faster. Mm-hmm. So looking back at your whole journey, how would you describe your relationship with money right now? I think money is somewhat like what people would say about fire. It can be a good servant. It can also be a master. like kill you off. So it is important for you to make sure that it works for you in a very intelligent way. And I think it also helped one to understand, especially myself. Yes, it can help me to bring immediate joy. But immediate joy actually supported by the things that you have to give up in the future. For example, your retirement. Maybe you want to buy an, a, a house in the future and all that. Those are things you have to give up because you want it now and now and now. So those are things that I, I believe I have better clarity on and moving forward. Uh, you know, right right now, every time if I come across certain things which somewhat just tempts me, you know, let's say, oh, a new laptop I, w- I want to buy. Actually, I would ask myself, hey, this laptop, $2,000, I can put into Apple Store. Mm, you, you start know, thinking. Yeah, you start, you start thinking. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. You start thinking those kind of stuff. Mm. And, and I think that would really be very helpful because when you try to weigh things like that, I could put into Tesla. That, that would help you to really take a step back. Do I really need this right now? Having said that, I did just buy a new laptop because I needed to use it. But, a lot of other stuff, you will go through that thought process and that become your checklist. Oh? Yeah, do I need it now? Would this money be better in uh, Apple Stock? Uh, then that, that may help you to make a different yeah, Apple decision. MacBook or Apple Stock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's yeah, correct. Is, but of course, if you use your MacBook for work and mm. it gives you more income, then you have to value it differently. Yep. So when you say it's like fire is a good master, uh, is a, hey, 
good servant but bad master, right? And it sounds like it's more of a neutral position, but is there, do you feel any tinge of resentment, regret, you know, in your whole relationship with money? Well, my only regret is, of course, didn't amass enough <laughs> when, when I could. Uh, I mean, when I started my business and, and, and even at the corporate level, because I, I was a co-founder, I was managing it for the longest time, a lot of company decisions on finance also came from me. So whatever bad financial literacy I have was also applied onto the company, which of course doesn't really help it. And if if that hadn't happened, then I think it would be a totally different situation right now. So I, I guess the relationship, I would say, it doesn't really change much, much things, but it just gives me the understanding as well as the awareness that every single decision that you make will ultimately lead you to a different consequence. Mm. And uh, especially when it comes to things like money where you would need, especially in a place like Singapore that is so expensive, you can, any small little decisions may compound and affect you in the longer term in a very bad way. So you you may see nothing of it. Okay, just, you know, burn a few hundred here, a few thousand there. But all this actually compound over time. And it will really put you in a very different situation. For those listeners that's uh, listening to this right now, I think it's really about trying to make as many correct decisions as possible you can with money. And that will help you to give you the sense of financial freedom that is needed. And maybe it's not so much for me, but also I've seen this in uh, many other people because for a period of time, I was actually in uh, outplacement. So I was trying to place unemployed PME back into the workforce. And many of them struggle like crazy to get into the job market, which is okay, fine, because structural unemployment, etc., etc. But a lot of them were not willing to really consider something else because they were financially strapped. They were in a situation where I need to finance my kids for university, I have a house, I have two cars, this and that. So by looking at other people, it also gave me an understanding that I think, would you prefer to be in a lot of debt but have two cars? Or would you prefer to have just a bicycle, but be financially free. Because when you're financially free, you can choose to do anything you want. And that is something that I've also really got a good awareness of. And I think that is the key thing that everyone should work towards. I mean, ultimately, financial freedom is not having a lot of money in your bank. Financial freedom is to have the ability to choose whatever you want to do with no negative negative consequence. Mm. I think this is a good place to wrap up this part of the conversation. It's one hell of a journey. Thank you for being open. Thank you for sharing with us. Hey, I hope you've learned something useful today and I truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconuts. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community Telegram group. Follow us on our socials. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. For more information, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week. And remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. I have last three questions for you. Uh, The first question is, what is one core life principle of yours? One core life principle, I think, is really to be true to yourself. If you have to ever lie to yourself, I think that's the day where everything will go wrong. So by being very pragmatic with what you can do, what you can achieve, and what you truly are, I think that is one of the key life principles I want to bring across in my life.
Okay. What is one piece of financial advice that you think should be shared more often? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is something that I, I did not mention earlier on. Doing budgeting, I think, is one of the key things everyone should do. And for the longest time, I've never done any budgeting. I always feel that oh, yeah, it's not something I want to confront. I don't want to actually have a sense of how much I'm spending. But when you sit down and you realize you have that budget in front of you, it's so much easier to realize, eh, actually, I still have extra left. Eh, actually, I'm spending too much here, too much there. And I think that really helps. So trying to measure that in a very meaningful way, I think that would be very useful. And, and just a very quick uh, recommendation as well, uh, no endorsement, but I'm using this application called Spendee, S-P-E-N-D-E-E. Uh, it, it can actually retrieve data from all the banks that you have, Singapore banks, and put it into one consolidated ledger. So I actually update it every time I remember, maybe every few, uh, once every few days. And you can then look into your budget and see where you overspend. Mm. So I think that really helps me. And it also created a habit in me where, oh, even if I were to buy a $1 straight times, uh, I will also key into the app. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. helped me to better understand where I stand. So everything that, that you spend on, you just pull out the app and record, right? If it's manual, if it's a cash transaction, mm. I will key into the app. Oh, but credit card? Credit card, they can just pull out from the bank. Okay. Mm. Okay. So that's one way of budgeting. Using an app. I mean, there's so many apps nowadays. Find one that's, that works for you. Yep. Okay. My last question for you is, uh, what is an area of your life that you are giving additional focus right now? Additional focus right now, I would say it's really on the new way of doing content. So I do a lot of writing. I do my own podcast as well. And also most recently, I dabbled with YouTube. I'm really more interested in, you know, learning the behind the scenes, how to do editing. That that aspect actually interests me a lot. And that is something that I'm still trying to work on. And, and I find it very fascinating. And it helps me to better understand and also look at things in a very different light. So right now, when I look at any other YouTube video, or even movies, right? My mind will be like, oh, the camera angle is like that. Oh, they have an extra lighting there. Oh, the sound, actually, they have to overdub again. So these are things that really help me to better understand the, the science behind all this production. Uh, and these are, these are things that I'm pursuing right now. Okay, and so you're doing your own YouTube podcast, right? Like, do you think, what's driving you to do all this? It's honestly out of interest. Um, I started writing because I always enjoyed writing. Uh, I have friends who told me I, I wrote well, although I didn't think I did. And after my first exit from my first business, I wanted to join a tech company. And I went to join a tech company because I was well, running a recruitment business and I realized recruitment business is a sales office. Lah. After dealing with salespeople of over so many years, right, you don't want to talk to people. Yeah, every one of them are like pre-Madonna and all that. It's very painful. So I told myself, I just want to deal with technology. So I interviewed at LinkedIn, Hire.com, I didn't get a job. And so I decided, why don't I just start writing? Express my interest in writing. So I, I did that. And over time, it just snowballed. Then I created a HR tech market map and all that. And again, things just snowballed. So right now, actually, if Anyone were to talk about, hey, who do I speak with on HR Tech in Singapore? My name should pop up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, that also led me to dabble, to dabble with uh, podcasts, for example, uh, as well as currently YouTube. And in fact, content was how I actually gotten my uh, last two jobs. Yeah. So it, it, I did not even have to you know, go to the open market to look out for it because people know my content. They know me and one thing led to another. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.